We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody, and welcome into to the new edition of the Backliners Podcast, Agro and Barracuda, as per usual, in a clean tech so far, which we love to see. Today, joined by Fine OK. And for those who are watching on twitch.tv slash prediction esports, you might be noticing this wonderful hat that I'm wearing, this wonderful shirt, it's a little dark in my room, that both Barry and I have on. That's right. It's Very comfy. brand new Backliners merchandise. Cue the switch over to this. Hey, there it is. Uh, I'm going to post this in the chat uh, in just a minute, but you can get your hands on some Backliners merchandise. We'll be sure if you're listening to this, that we'll put it in the description and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And you can catch it on our Twitters as well. But uh, yeah, come in. It's a great way to support the show. You get our sweet little logo and uh, and everyone will be like, what's that? And you'll be like, yeah, it's a Smite podcast. And they'll go, Smite? And then you'll be stuck in a conversation for like 20 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. It's and, like League of Legends. Right. It's just like yeah. League of Legends except smaller. That's what I always <laughs> say. It's like a less popular League of Legends. Dude, I went to get ice cream last night and I'm wearing the the Smite. Uh, this is such a funny story. I'm, wa- I'm wearing the, the Smite Season 7 uh, World Championship hoodie. And uh, the guy who's like working the register, he's like, holy crap, Smite. This is literally right across the studio from the studio, by the way. He goes, holy crap, Smite, like world championships. Did you win? And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and, I, and I'm there with Mike. <laughs> I, look at him. Oh, no. I look at him and I go, no, not quite. Anyways, <laughs> it was uh, it was very funny. Shout out to that guy who apparently uh, played Kali in Arena a whole lot. I don't know, but he he Dang. said he didn't play anymore. He was like, "Yeah, I used to play, but I don't anymore because my computer doesn't really have the room." And I'm like, "I don't know oh. what I'm supposed to say to that." You know, like yeah. you could change that if you wanted to. 
Did you go into like your whole backstory or just no, like? God no. Okay, good. No, God no, 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 no. It was yeah. Can I get my caramel pretzel swirl quite yet, sir? You know, <laughs> as please look, get me out of here. True podcast listeners know that I got caramel pretzel swirl. Fine, you've had pretzels and ice cream before, right? Like it's objectively good. <laughs> you've had pretzels. Before, I mean. Right? You mean like pretzels dipped in ice cream or just pretzels com- no, okay. combining so like, with some ice cream on the side? Have you been to Andy's frozen? It's like a custard yeah, place. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Go go to Andy's, get a caramel pretzel swirl. It's going to be a, a, little, a lot of caramel and some little pretzel pieces swirled up in your, in your custard. And you're going to be okay. like, man, Agro is so much smarter than everyone thinks he is. <laughs> and everyone already thinks he's the smartest. So like, I didn't think he had any more headroom, but he did apparently. I, I mean, I love pretzels, so you, yes. you've, had a, you've had Auntie Anne's or whatever, right? Yes, dude. Annie Anne's that's pretzels that's, are good. That's the good only stuff. reason that you go to a mall, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah that's <laughs> and some lemonade. That's, all, that's the oh, only reason. That's just the best, man. That, uh, shout outs to whoever DM'd me, by the way. I got a DM this week saying, hey, I went, I was a doubter. I went and got pretzels in my ice cream, and you were right. It's delicious, so shout out to that guy. Um, all right, let's talk Smite for a little bit, shall we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's <laughs> kind of what we're here to do. Um, I know it wasn't our last episode that we talked about 8.3 patch notes, and now we're going to be talking about 8.4 patch notes, but that's just kind of what you get. Um, yeah, it's a patch note show. V2. Patch note show. All right, that's what we're here to do. Um, let's talk. Do you guys want to start with the patch as a whole, or do you want to start with the new god, Gilgamesh, king of Uruk? Mm, new god for me. New god. Yeah, I think that works. I like yeah. new god first. Well, we have Final K on the show because uh, he has a mustache, number one. Um, and number two, because uh, because he's a solo laner, and that's where I think Gilgamesh is going to see a decent amount of play. Though I'll talk about where else I think you can see play in a little bit. Um, fine. What what are your what were your initial impressions of Gilgamesh? Uh, h- how have you liked him on uh, on the PTS? Um, I, I played him a good bit, and I was having a ton of fun, like ton of fun with him. That's part of the reason I played him so much. Is just I mean, sometimes I'll play a new guy, and I'm like, this seems kind of fun, but maybe it's just not for me. Maybe it's more mm-hmm. like a Maybe like a mid laner god or maybe somebody, you know, a different role. But I was having a lot of fun with him. And I think what's so cool about him, it, it's kind of similar to Set, maybe Set and Horus, where like their kits aren't really that complex mm. and they're kind of simple and straightforward. But the ways that you can play them are like, you can almost play them in more ways than something like an Arthur or somebody, you know, something like that that just have a, a lot of stuff going on in their kit. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like sometimes the, the simple kits are actually the most fun. Kind of like On Her. On Her is another good example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I just had a ton of fun with him. He seems pretty straightforward. And uh, I, I don't even think he's that broken. I think people, I mean, it always happens with every new god. We were like, oh my God, nerf him. Right. He's ridiculous. I'm going to ruin my game. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I thought I thought he was like maybe a little bit overtuned, um, mm-hmm. but nothing crazy. And honestly, I'd rather have a god be overpowered than horrible on release so yeah that's uh i think that the designers have talked about that from a general standpoint that that's just a better way to release the gods um i will say it's interesting to me that you bring up that they feel like set and horus because pon pon was lead designer for both set and horus this is a pon pon god mm. in gilgamesh um and okay. pon's usually thought of as like the really complex like true damage like arthur kits <laughs> and that kind of stuff but uh, he shows some versatility from time to time, young Daniel Cooper does. And, and I agree. I think that Gilgamesh is a really good example of just a kit that that flows really well uh, together. Barry, I know you think he must be overpowered because you got, oh, yeah. you got a pentakill with him. So that's <laughs> got, he cannot be balanced. 
Honestly, I was kind of saying with Fine, where the the God was just so much fun to play. And I feel like every other Smite God that's been... Re- I mean, no offense, but like, <laughs> it just doesn't feel like I'm playing like a different style, I guess. And Gilgamesh felt like I was playing like a Diablo character for some reason mm. in Smite. And he was just so much fun to just run around and just bash people with. I am also... Same with Fine. I feel like he's a little overtuned, but not like crazy OP. Because mm-hmm. I mean, no one knows how to play against new characters when they come out. And then the initial reaction is, oh my gosh, this guy one shot me. He has to be OP, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I just, one of the most fun kits I've ever played with. And it's a simple kit, but wow. the kick is so much fun. And the he has so much really damage. Good. And just super fun kit that's just like my overall like thought process was just literally i'm having so much fun every time i play this character uh where you guys both mentioned that you think he's a little bit overtuned if you Mm -hmm. had to maybe not even suggest a nerf or anything like that though you can if you want to but like where do you think he's a little bit too good is it damage output control like cooldowns too low like what kind of comes to mind first when you think about what makes him really strong when i was playing him i thought his kick damage was a little too high uh, everything else kind of felt in line, but I just felt like I was kicking people for 1 million, but I was also going full power build. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if mine was building, but I was one shotting people and it was, it was enjoyable. I, I didn't ever go the full power build. I was just going like just stuff that I think would be viable for. So I tried like auto attack builds, tried mm-hmm. some ability based builds, full tank builds. Um, do I, I you mentioned it, um, the, the two, the kick is, that's part of the reason he's so fun. It's just, yep. mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's not even that crazy. He literally winds up for a second and kicks, but there's just so many things you can like stun people in ways you can hit him against the wall. Every time I did it against the wall, you guys know that uh, that scene from The Office where he's like, get up against the wall, be out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I thought of every single time I did it. And uh, that ability is just really fun. I, I do think mm-hmm. that like, uh, it goes along with like him being simple, but fun is that his, he's just really smooth. Like all of his abilities feel really like natural. He can auto attack, cancel his one, um, your jump, everything. Actually, in my opinion, I think his ult is a little bit underwhelming, mm-hmm. but his um, his two is really good. Like Varys said, the damage is pretty insane. And I also think his three is pretty sick because it's just like a really fast leap. And the, the circle where you land and all the damage that it does is really, really big. Like you can just fill up mm-hmm. like like the whole fire giant pit with it. And yep. if you have like blue stone and stuff thing, like you're just going to be instant clearing waves at level two with those abilities. So, um, yeah, I think it's just mainly his two and his three. The fact that his one is always up seems like when you think about that you're like oh my goodness that another high res like <laughs> broken me- <laughs> Here they go again. <laughs> yeah broken mechanic but honestly it, it's not that it's not that ridiculous and it's almost just mm-hmm. like uh it's almost like if he just had a passive that gave him like extra like an erling passive basically mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny you bring up passive because i was gonna say i've heard a lot of oh the passive sucks like all this kind of stuff i think the passive is really good like really really good i don't know how you guys feel but uh, do you feel uh, barry are you frozen what's going on over there i feel like we might have lost i think we lost him oh fast forward and he's back welcome back (laughs) (laughs) just you were just really intently listening to find comcast is great shout out to comcast (laughs) we love him around here um i feel like the passive is super good um fine what do you think uh i think it's kind of just in the in the middle basically like there's some scenarios where, I mean, there's a bit of RNG to it, obviously, because you get a random item, but right. Um, so it can be good or bad. Uh, I don't really, I don't care too much about how good it is. I like that they're just like, they're adding stuff like that to the game where you literally have to like play a little mini game to, to get something else. Mm-hmm. Like some passives, you know, they're just 
they're, they're literally a passive i guess that's why they call it that but like <laughs> but this is more of an active passive if you will um well oxymoron maybe but uh i don't know i just like that you have to do something like that to it just adds more to the character and mm. And it's still not even that complex. Like, you know, you just win a team walk fight basically there. or walk over there. And I don't, it can like, it can make for some fun stuff in the middle of the game happening. Like, I don't know, like one time, obviously I was playing it in solo. The, where I had to go on the map was actually behind the tier one in mid lane. Mm. And I was just like, I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, how am I going to go about doing this? And it's like, I just randomly ganked <laughs> mid one time. I was like, I guess I'll go grab it now. <laughs> so it's just, it's just fun because it can kind of like, it can kind of like manipulate the way you play the mm. that game specifically. So. Yeah, I think it it also lets you like it gives you an excuse to build a little bit more creatively. Um, and in moments where oh, yeah. uh, during play tests and that kind of stuff, there were a lot of times where I'd be playing him and I'd get like shuriken one, and I you know I'm, <laughs> uh, uh, you think like oh this kind of sucks, but then it's like well I just got extra power and attack speed until I need the gold, and then I sell mm-hmm. it, and I'm like who cares mm-hmm. you know it, I just got a little mini buff and then some gold afterwards. Barrow, your uh, your thoughts on the passive? I didn't really feel it was too influential. I thought it was kind of strong if they were easy quests to get or easy like places to go to because it's just a lot of free gold mm-hmm. if you do sell it. And I sold it basically every time, but I didn't think it was too impactful. But I also didn't really think about it that much because I just kind of like walked over there. Like it's like a custom game in PTS. So I'm literally just going to walk over there and get it. Like it's right. not like a big deal. Like wherever it is, fine. There was one like behind their duo tier two. I just walked up there and got it. Um, but I think it's probably a little op if it's on your side of the map you can just easily acquire it i don't know if it's like a is yeah, it like a range well, thing from yeah you, so or it, it, it like detects okay. where you when you hit level five or six whenever whenever the passive triggers um it can spawn in a random location near where it's influenced by where you are okay. but i'm pretty sure it's weighted it won't be on your side of the map like best case scenario it could be like near neutral half of the map but I could be wrong, um, but, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's it's a little bit weighted towards their end. I had a, a couple times when I was in solo, it was, you know, that li- that new little um, area where you can walk through blue buff? It yeah. was literally right there, mm-hmm. like twice. So mm. it was actually not too far away. Yeah. Pretty easy to get to, but. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely have some moments where it favors you. I will say I had one, uh, I think I had one play test where I got like Gem of Fate and I was thinking like. Oh, I was about to just mention that. It. Like, that is the was, best one to get. 900 gold, 10% CDR, and then you get all those awesome items like Pritwin and Aaron Die. Oh, yep. my goodness. I was about to say, I wish, I hope I get that when I play him. Hitting the lottery, baby. I'm going <laughs> to pog off on cast. If someone's playing Gilgamesh in an SPL game, and be like, oh, my God. And John Finch is going to be like, what? What happened? I was like, he got Gem of Fate from the Gilg passive. This game's <laughs> over. Like, no chance someone could come back from that. <laughs> not gonna lie i had no idea what you guys are talking about until what you, you said the item okay yeah yeah it's the arthurian items <laughs> i don't know the name of the items i know the names of the tier threes but like who knows the other ones bro? i mean i just know it because it's 900 gold for 10 percent cdr which is arguably kind of bad and i just think mm-hmm. like but the, the, all but the, it's the most expensive so right it's the most expensive tier one um, yeah which makes it for the, some best of the best already. items and then and then you're going to be building like Pridwin on him feels really good for yeah, sure. yeah yeah um mm-hmm. speaking of items that feel good i think that uh from my uh, and I got a chance to play test a decent amount. I've been, I've talked about it on Twitter now, so I feel a little bit more comfortable talking about it. But during the off season, I was working with the dev team, and that meant that I was play testing like a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> dude, you mentioned the the height and like the the Gilgamesh leap. I remember. Hopefully, I don't get in trouble for telling any of these stories, but I think it's fun. Uh, the first time we I played against Gilgamesh, he went like 
twice as high with his jump. He literally looked what? like he was blasting off into space. I was like, what the heck was that? Like, he like came That's over the cool. mid lane wall and I was like, oh my God, what is what is that? It was so the same funny. speed or? Yeah, he literally like, he was, it was maybe a little bit slower, but it looked like I was yeah. getting chocolated from the heavens. Like every time he jumped, it was just, it was fearsome. I was like. It reminds me Go ahead. of the, like the superhero landings. Yeah. From, like, the movies, which is why I think it's really cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, uh, it it definitely feels really good, but um, I I will say that he felt the strongest to me with something along the line, kind of like an Amaterasu esque build, where you know you go Ninja Tabby, uh, maybe a Frostbound Hammer, something like that, a Talisman of Energy, try and pump up that attack speed a little bit, and then mm-hmm. be able to be pretty sticky. Fine, you mentioned you tried a lot of builds. Do you have a favorite that you tried? Yeah, I mean. It's hard because it's like PTS and, right. you know, you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff. But I was actually, I went, a couple games I went Kinsai. So I went Kinsai's Animosity, Stone Cutting Frostbound, and just like mm. a Void Shield, and then maybe like another tank item. And that felt really, really good. I, I was like one-shotting people and still pretty tanky. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the build that I enjoyed the most. But I think, honestly, you could probably, you could probably just go like Bluestone on him and go like a full CDR tank build with like a Pridwin and just like all the, the nice tank items, like, you know, like Shifters and Anson and stuff like that. And, uh... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Any items, but they're, you know, 30 magical prots, but 60 power, you know, but uh, yeah, you just go, you can go a bit like that, I think, and it will work really well as well. And that's, I think he's uh, got a few ways to play him. Barry, what was the pentakill build? Because obviously that's just the best one. I only have five uh, to embarrass him here. Here, let me go search it up. I think I was just buying all of the highest power items, including shifters, which, I mean, is kind of a, I mean, shifters tank good? items, am I right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Love those tank items. It was Arendite Crusher, Soul Eater Trans, Heartseeker, and shifters. Okay. I was do- more doing it for the memes than like a real actual good build, but sure. pretty fun. Yeah, fair enough. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, 
you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Um, before we move on to some of the other uh, like balance changes and that kind of stuff, there is a, an update to the Conquest map in 8.4. It gets uh, it becomes night. You know, it's um, I forget what the, the I story. Was a sad about that. The story beat is yeah. It's it, it's different. And even if I, I do, I personally prefer the darker map, but I understand mm-hmm. why people wouldn't. But I think even if it were changing in a way that I thought was worse than what it was coming from, I think the ability that just like feeling like it's dynamic, mm-hmm. even by playing on like a different lighting for a couple patches, even if I think it is slightly worse. Shine <laughs> your brightness on your PC. Yeah, just yeah. turn it up. Just, just get closer, you know, Put, shine a flashlight yeah. on it. Like it should be fine. Um, what do you think about the, I mean, the darker skybox doesn't actually change much for gameplay, but the vines added in the jungle uh, for the first 15 minutes of the game. What do you, how do you think that's, uh, that's going to feel? Where are the vines exactly? Um, you can find it on the 8.4 patch notes, which I'm going to post yeah. in the chat right now. Um, but are they all over the map or like on the centralized they, part they're the in map? the centralized part. So think of it as if the, if you draw a horizontal line through the map that goes through like gold fury and fire giant, they are on each end of that equator line, basically, uh, all all across it. So from Gold Fury all the way towards right side mid oh, yes. there are vines that uh, that will spawn. It's like where uh, the ADC, like say your one team is pulling gold, the ADC walks in to check. It's yes. like right there, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. You either have to break the the vines or uh, walk around in order to uh, in order to see it. And the or vines phantom. are not hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're my favorite. Uh, actually, I don't even know if Phantom would work. I don't know if they're player to player. Yeah. Um, I, I That'd be funny, though. Be. <laughs> you just walk through the vines. I'm here, guys. <laughs> just shimmy on through there. Uh, oh, so they do fun- function like player-made walls. It actually says right here. Um, oh, okay. What, so what are some early thoughts? How much do you think this changes jungle pathing, skirmishes in the jungle, that kind of stuff? What's the respawn timer on them? They respawn, uh, the mid-harpy ones respawn when the mid-harpies respawn. Um, so even oh, if you, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the walls respawn oh. when the adjacent jungle camp respawns, even if killed mm-hmm. only yeah. seconds beforehand. And That's so it's little... Oracle's mid-harpies are the, are the triggers. Uh, I would honestly have to play on it for a bit to get used to it. I mean, walls obviously change smite every time they're put in. Yep. Um, I think it's two basic attacks to kill a wall, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And I mean, obviously, you get screwed by the walls a lot, or they can help you out a lot. I think it just changes smite. I don't know if it's a good or bad change. Um, obviously, it makes gods with jumps better yep. in certain situations, but yeah, it's hard for me to say how much it actually changes it without playing on it for a bit. Fair enough. Fine. Are you in the same boat? Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more pessimistic about it because I just feel like um, we kind of... I mean, obviously, it doesn't really close out the map that much because you can destroy them, but we kind of just mm-hmm. open up the map more and then mm-hmm. we're already like adding a little bit of stuff to... Maybe not... Obviously, it doesn't make it smaller, but it maybe um, yeah. closes things off. Yeah, it constricts right. it a little bit more. I think it can have some like 
some cool um, gameplay aspects. Like, say, imagine you're getting chased around by like a, a tank Cerberus, like Cerberus support, right? And you run over to the Gold Fury, and you're like a carry, and you have a leap. Oh, I guess Cerberus has a leap. He's a bad example. <laughs> but you know, just, <laughs> say you're just getting chased by you're getting chased by a tank. You use that wall to your advantage. Like, it's gonna take a while for a guardian to walk up to that and just like hit it. You know, right? So I think it, you know, there's some things you can do with it. But um, in my honest opinion, I think I'm just a little pessimistic about it. But sure, fair enough. Um, all right, let's get into some of the balance changes. Uh, we'll start with the items because that's what comes up first whenever you're scrolling down patch notes. Uh, ornate <laughs> Arrow. Um, it now has base 10% attack speed and 5% critical strike chance. Decreased the maximum stack count from 25 to 20. And increased the amount that you get per stack on both attack speed and crit. So you get 25% attack speed at max stacks, 20% crit at max stacks. But now it actually has some base numbers on there. Barra, does this make this ornate arrow more attractive? I think that this is probably one of the least purchased uh, ADC upgrades. I actually already like that item. So, I mean, it just got better. Easy for you. Yep. <laughs> just smurfing on them, huh? I mean, I'm a big fan of Gilded. I've been a big fan of Gilded the whole time it's been out. And yep. then I played against the the Super OP Destile Berserkers build, and I got absolutely tarnished. And that build felt terrible. And then... Yada yada got nerfed and I'm back level gilded now. There it is. Gilded's the place to be. But if you go leather cowl, now you have a new option to upgrade into leader's cowl. It now provides 15% attack speed and the passive is different now. It says you provide 5% increased power to all nearby allied gods. This aura gains a bonus stack for each allied god within 55 units, causing it to provide an additional 3% increased power. For each enemy god within 55 units, a stack is removed. So basically, it's it's very wordy, but that's what, what you kind of have to do. It gives you 5% power to all nearby allied gods, no matter what. And then if mm-hmm. you're grouped up and trying to rush down something like a fire giant or a tower, you get an additional 3% increased power for each allied god that outnumbers the enemies in that area. So does this, for, for either one of you, fine, I guess we can start with you. Is there any, is there any god or any, uh, any sort of build where you could see Leader's Cowl being picked up now? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like, I messed around with uh, the Hunter's Cowl and Solo a little bit with just like auto-attack characters like Ama or Vermana, and mm-hmm. it's kind of nice, especially, I mean, I guess it's not Leader's Cowl, but the other upgrade, you get 45, I think 45% attack speed yep. just mm-hmm. for, for yourself, and like, that's crazy on characters like Vermana or Ama, but... Um, I think I think that might that definitely makes it more viable because before it was just more like a, it was like a win more item like yep. it required you to be have more numbers than the enemy team and if you have more numbers then you're probably gonna win the fight anyway. Yep. Although there was some niche scenarios like imagine you're all five in base and you just like Nuwan just purchased some items and you just go into the air with oh. Nuwan from base and just like one shot everybody with extra power. <laughs> you can do uh, that. It's like you can do the same thing now, right? Because it's just increased power. Like, yeah, you're feeling good. Yeah, about you can do that. Maybe like a Nike or something combo with her passive, just increased mm-hmm. power always, but. The only problem I see with the item is that it still has the physical lifesteal on it, right? Plus yes, the 300 so. health. So on character like warriors and stuff, physical percent phys- uh, physical lifesteal is not really that great because your autos aren't going to be hitting that hard. And a lot of your damage comes from item effects, like whether it's like mystical, Pridwin, thorn, stuff like that. You're not actually lifestealing off of any of that. So um, lifesteal in general for tanks isn't very, very good. So I think that might be the only thing holding it back for like soul lane, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you could see this on some, some ADCs that are trying to be more, you know, team oriented. Yeah. I think if, if leather cowl becomes the go-to starter and you're running a double hunter, you don't really, the, the auras wouldn't stack from hunter's cowl. So if one of yeah. you goes hunters, one of you goes leather, you end up with a ton of attack speed and a ton of power. You're probably feeling pretty mm-hmm. good 
about that. Barra, any any consideration yeah. of leader's cowl over hunter's cowl? This item seems really, really, really strong on paper right now. Like especially for like fire giant fights. Like Yeah, I'm just imagining like a Fafnir with girdle and you're all grouped trying to burn fire and you have a secure mage and that thing's dead in like three seconds. Yep. <laughs> that seems kind of scary for like from like a competitive standpoint. Kind of terrifying. Um, but actually, I mean it seems pretty good. Uh, that's a ton of bonus power, and the attack speed's pretty nice as well. And I think it will also be good in kind of death ball comps where, you're, where you want to fight as five more than your frontline diving forward and everyone's just kind of like holding hands in the team fight. I think it will be good there. Or if you just want to play more like spread out team comp, if you know their frontline is going to be diving you and you know your frontline doesn't have to dive them, they can just play back. I think it will also be good in that scenario. But ADC players aren't that smart, especially me. So I don't know if I will actually be purchasing this item when Ornate Arrow is in the game and I can see like, oh, I can just like automatically get these stats. You know, that seems pretty cool. Yep. Um, but I mean, on paper, absolutely insane. Yeah. Like that actually seems like such a good item. Excited to see if it gets bought, uh, bought because I don't think I've seen a single leader's cowl in all of season eight <laughs> so far. Personally. Never purchased it. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Sentinels Embrace. That's the, uh, the Sentinels upgrade. This one's a bit, uh, there, there's a lot of numbers changes, but it's mm -hmm. increased passive aura range from 30 to 55 units. Increased its protection for physical and magical, both from 20 to 30. Decreased protection split among all nearby allies from 180. And decreased protection gain while alone from 50 to 40. So even though it has a couple of numbers that say increased, in particular, that increasing the passive aura range is oftentimes a nerf for this item because you can't just stand next to your hunter and split your protections evenly with them. You end up accidentally tagging the jungler or the solo laner or the mage mm -hmm. whenever they really needed those extra prots. Do you think that, I guess the only question though for this, obviously this item is still very good with these changes. Is it enough to make it not the go-to and keep in mind that we're going to be talking about the compassion upgrade here in a minute, um, which also got a buff. Uh, but do you think this is enough to, to knock Sentinel's Embrace from its obvious number one spot? To me, it kind of seems like a shift. It doesn't really seem like that big of a nerf. Maybe I'm wrong. It's a but nerf it seems... for... It's. A, I think it's a pretty big nerf for characters who aren't building Sentinel's Embrace. Like, it's a nerf for if your support got it, but you're the hunter. Like, you get a mm -hmm. lot less protections. and a lot, and Not a lot less, I suppose, but less protections... And they're often going to be split more. Um, but if you're the character buying the Sentinel's Embrace, I think the idea is that you won't feel like you got majorly nerfed. I Honestly, from my perspective, it seems like the range helps it more than it hurts it. Because hmm. I don't know how many situations where this person with Sentinels wants to give it to their backline, and it's also affecting their frontline at the same time. I feel like if you want to give it to their to your backline, you can kind of force that fight and force that situation to happen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just seems like a shift to me, not a big nerf. I'm, I'm not a sword player, obviously. Um, You're just a shift yeah. player. Just shift <laughs> main, bro. That got so OP. Or Ganesh, uh, I thought. <laughs> dude, I actually knocked Ganesh out of the pool. Cause oh, oh no. The Ganesh is down? Because he's horrible? Got, <laughs> yeah, that guy kind of sucks right now. You literally yeah. do nothing. You can't even kill carries anymore. Anyways... It's a shift, in my opinion. It doesn't what do you seem mean? too bad. You could, you could totally kill carries. You just go binding into, and then you get a Magus later on, and you one-shot carries for free. 
Yeah, and then you also get one tapped. Because no, <laughs> they're like, oh, this guy's building offense. I'm just going to build crit now and one tap. Who cares? They spent so much gold on crit. That's a win for us. Let's, my, <laughs> my team should play around it. Just play Shingta. Just, oh, right, that's that God's OP. Fair enough. I promise that God's OP. <laughs> Begging Jake and Haddix to play it. Like, please, guys. It is so OP. Good it's luck insane. convincing Jake. Uh, what, uh, what do you think, Fine, on, on the Sentinels change? Uh, I think it's, I kind of agree with Barry. It's definitely just a bit of a shift. I think I can see the scenarios where maybe you could consider a nerf because it's just extending more and you're splitting it more. But um, there's so many play styles right now where the, the support is like not even peeling their back line, you know? And like mm-hmm. if he's in the middle of the fight or maybe even just like kind of far away and he's still giving it to the, somehow giving it to the ADC who's maybe playing pretty far up or maybe it's like a Tiamat who's kind of in the middle of the fight as well. Like then maybe, maybe you could see it's actually a buff, but um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's just more of a shift, and you're about to talk about it, but I think the fact that Compassion's getting a lot better is actually just makes both the items more purchasable, and like it's not just Sentinels Embrace every game. Although I will say that Compassion was being bought a good bit um, even before these upcoming changes, so I guess we'll we'll see if it is maybe overtuned now. Yeah, Benevolence has seen, has seen a lot of buffs, and, and now Compassion mm-hmm. getting another one. Uh, increase the passive aura range from 40 to 70 units. Increase its magical protection from 40 to 60 it increased the HP five from 30 to 45. I think the biggest change here for me is that extra 20 magical protection because the, the damage that you take on the redirect comes in as magical damage. So mm-hmm. you end up getting tankier to that damage that you're redirecting, uh, which, which obviously feels pretty good. I don't know. I, 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 I from the, from day one, I've been saying that I'm pretty sure that in some, you know, even though Sentinels was more gold by a lot initially, Benevolence got a buff recently to give it some more gold and just giving golden experience away to the hunter. There's got, there's going to be some way to spike someone to level four or level five, a wave early or a camp mm-hmm. early or something like that. And pro players are good enough now that that's something that they can play around now. Yeah. Now, 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 now. when Barracuda <laughs> won a championship in season yeah. one, no one would have been playing. No one would have no been playing. No one was good enough then to play. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no one. No one was compassionate back then. They were all just no. mean. Yeah. They were no, just mean. No Awful chance. people. I don't Brady know. Prime. Oh, <laughs> uh, Barry, do you, let me, let me phrase the question to you in an ADC way. Do you want your support buying Sentinels or do you want that extra gold and stuff from com- from Benevolence and then Compassion? I mean, you already know Jake's not going to buy Benevolence. Nope. <laughs> so I, I don't know why you're asking me this. Like, well, which would you not... want? Which would you ask him to buy and then I'm promptly get ignored? Um, I think Compassion is insane. Like 45 HP five is a pretty high number. <laughs> That's a lot of and HP five. The, the range increase is insane. I mean, you just got so many free stats yep like that seems op i think support players will still be kind of on the fence about purchasing this over embrace but it definitely makes it more attractive i think it's not like a hundred percent by compassion every game i don't think mm-hmm. but i mean it's definitely looking pretty good and i i was a big fan of benevolence and compassion before and i think it's already i think it's insane right now like you should be buying this. Yeah. Especially on like supporty gods. <laughs> supporty gods. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think you should just be buying this. I think it's really good. Yeah. Agreed. I think this item is very strong. Um, all right. On to Sundering Axe. A change 
to take it away from my class and give it back to Alex's class, unfortunately. Uh, the de decrease the bonus damage from 10% of the enemy's current health to 5% of the enemy's current health, plus 2% of your total protections from items. So no longer will mages be skipping starter items in order to just buy Sundering Axe. Instead, uh, it's back in its tanky role. But is it good enough to compete anymore, Alec? This was kind of dominating at the very beginning of Season 8. Got the Warrior's Axe got nerfed. Now Sundering Axe has gotten changed. Think, in my mind, it's still strong whenever you get it as a warrior, but you're not building as many protections as you used to because all the hybrid items are so good. So is it is it good enough to compete? Yeah, it's kind of got that same situation as High of the Nemean where there's just so many good bruiser items, but there's not a lot of items that just give you a ton of protections. Mm -hmm. There's like Mantle, Urchin, Thebes, but all three of those items are pretty greedy. So it's kind of in that same spot where... Like, if you're building full tank and you have, like, a glad shield and, like, a sundering axe, you're going to hit pretty hard still, but is it enough? I mean, it does cap at 14%, right? So it's actually a buff for warriors that build enough protections, yep. or I guess any any tank. Um, but they're also buffing bluestone, so it's kind of like a, a trade-off. Like, I, I think mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense, though, that they buff uh, sundering axe when bluestone's also getting buffed, so it kind of just gives you options. Um, the, yeah, just the only problem with this item right now is that uh, with the fact that, like, the thing about Bluestone is that it gives you a crazy early game, but also the base stats, it gives you a ton of HP5 and MP5, so even if you get poked out in the lane because they have, maybe they're just, like, a little bit tankier than you, mm -hmm. the health that you get back from Warrior's Axe doesn't even, like, it doesn't even compare to the HP5 you'll have all game from, from Bluestone, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, it's almost like Bluestone's tank tanky stats are almost as good as Warrior's Axe stats, and it's just gonna give you so much better early to mid-game, so... Um, I don't know if this item will actually be purchased too much. The only times I would say maybe it's purchased is if um, you skip your starter item so mm. you don't have that bad early to mid-game and you can kind of just buy Sundering Axe later on in the game. Yeah. Um, but the only problem with that is that if you're going to skip your starter item, you might as well go Boombos because Boombos is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no balance. <laughs> Boombos, no yeah. <laughs> that one seems to be pretty good. We're seeing that a lot in the, uh, in the SEC and that kind of How stuff. How is it dodging all the nerfs by the way just wondering yeah <laughs> it's uh it's good it's just that i think okay the jungle <laughs> in my mind from my perspective uh, uh -huh. the jungle the jungle starter items just received so much like balance on the the initial the the base versions and bumba i i think a lot of the feedback was that now Bumba's dagger feels really underwhelming in comparison to especially Eye of the Jungle, but Mannequins as well. So the only reason that you'd go Bumba's is for the upgrade, but the upgrade is so much better than every other upgrade. You can also rush Boots with Bumba's, right? Yeah, you get to go Boots too. Um, yeah. Which, feels which is good. insane, by the way. You have full Boots at two minutes on the map. Level that's three, cool. gank one of the side lanes for a free yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, that's feels, fun to play around. <laughs> that feels pretty good. I, I would assume that Bumba's is going to be a topic of conversation for sure because it is mm -hmm. it has been very very good. Um, but I also think that trying to uh, for me it's bringing I think Bumba's hammer in my mind definitely needs a nerf and then Bumba's spear as well. Like <laughs> what does that item even do? Does anyone even know what that item does? I I honestly yeah. don't. Like I'm starting to prep for SEC and that kind of stuff. Couldn't tell you what stats are on Bumba Spear or what it does. Like, I, okay, let me guess here. I think it's okay. 60 physical power, 90 magical power, I'm pulling uh, something else. And then the passive is you do 30%, <laughs> 30, <laughs> I think you do 30 more damage to every like jungle boss on the map. 
The only reason I know that is because if you go on Mercury and you have a crit build, you one-shot fire. Like, you do it so fast. That does seem but, decent. Let's but I, d I don't think it's a... But what jungler wants to do objectives, oh, right? Not... Like, no jungler really yeah, wants yeah, to yeah. hit that objective. Like Right. Yep. Uh, Sam oh, in the chat, of course, so defending Bumba's. But he does bring Pop up a good point. <laughs> Bumba's dagger, base stats, f 50 health, 50 mana. That's the base Bump? stats for Bumba's dagger. Buff Bumba's dagger, increase the cost, and nerf the hammer. Write that I, down. Hammer Write is, that down. The hammer <laughs> is really up. fun. It's just a fun item to have in the game, so you should definitely be careful with how they do it. Yep. Um, but No, just kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Knock it down a little bit. Fine, okay, Very. thinking about how he can play Athena solo with Bumba's, like, come SBL time. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, that's fun. But, uh... <laughs> Barry, just just go boom on ADCs. Don't you don't have to complain, bro. I've actually been thinking about that. Yeah. So OP. Yeah. No way, it's worth it to go. Your base stats, as Sam pointed out, are 50-50 on health and you mana. Skip it. You just yeah, skip, skip it. it. Just what go would like, you trans start? start. Trans trans two start. Uh, yeah, I guess. And then could. go like a chalice or something. If unless you don't need the chalice, you slam all that HP pots. Okay. All right. I mean, you really don't have cooldowns when you go that item, bro. Like, yeah. it's pretty good. That's that's what I'm gonna leave it. It's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, so is Bluestone, as, as Alec mm -hmm. mentioned. Above, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Bluestone <laughs> pendant ten to fifteen on the base version on the physical power, twenty five to seventy five on the the passive. Uh, I I I think that it's pointless to say is, is this item really good now? It's obviously very good. Mm -hmm. Is it so much better that you wouldn't consider another starter, particularly in solo? Um, but also, Barra, for you, is it so good that you would consider going in on ADCs now? Fine, mm. we can start with you. Um, I would say that it's not so good that it's just have, you just have to purchase every uh, every game, mm -hmm. but the only reason I think that, and the only exception I think is uh, because of Tainted Steel. Yeah. Um, the upgrade for Tainted is just so, it's so sick late game, not only because of healers, but mages have soul gem, people have lifesteal, ADCs have death toll, plus dev gloves. Like, there's just so much healing in the game. Mail of Renewal. Um, mm -hmm. That just having a 50%, it's not an aura because you actually have to hit people to, to do it, but it's basically an aura because you're in the middle of the fight, you're hitting a lot of people. Um, having that late game is actually, I think, definitely better than just doing a good bit of more damage with the bluestone upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say that. I, it's a little bit troll to me that they buff the power of Bluestone when it's already purchased on pretty much every warrior, and it already gives you the best clear in lane, gives you the best early game, gives you a lot of pressure. So I think maybe buffing the base of it was a little bit unnecessary. Mm. I will say that, but um, but I don't I don't think this is gonna completely put it over the top. I don't know how much like I want to see like let's just say I play Arthur late game with this and just hit an ADC with eight abilities, how much damage are they going to take from Bluestone? I haven't done the a math lot. at all. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> They'll die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a big number to me. If they don't well, have relics, mind, you kill them. They have a compassion on them. They have a shell. Oh, they have a Lotus Crown hitting yeah, them. They have a Sob. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to DDoS you midway through as well. Like, yeah. You got like a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, Barry, I mean, on gods like Uller, AMC, Medusa, like Bluestone characters in the past, is are these buffs enough to make you consider it over some of the other mm, ADC options? Probably not. I just think Devos. I'm just going Bluestone Devos, which would be kind of weird. That would be kind of weird. But I, th I think Devos is just too strong, and I think if you go Bluestone, you're always like mentally trying to build into a more power cooldown build to obviously get the procs more and then if you're upgrading it as well you want the procs more yeah. uh 
I just think the other stars are a bit too good. I might play around with it a little bit, but I mean, the gods that you listed, I don't think are great right now anyways. Sure. So, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to do a little bit of testing with it. Um, all right, and last item to cover, uh, alternate timeline. Didn't decrease the internal cooldown on the passive from 10 minutes to 6 minutes. What what's the number? I think we've I think you and I have talked about this before, Barra, on the podcast, but I can't remember mm-hmm. because my brain doesn't work. Um, we literally said this, by the way. Was it six minutes? That that yeah, was, was the number that we're seven. comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you could make this item five minutes and it would be fine. Four mm-hmm. minutes is where it starts to scare me a little bit, and yep. then anything below that I think is clearly op. Uh, fine, can you give us your scale, kind of like that, like where it's you know okay good enough to see play and then like op or scary uh i don't know that's, <laughs> that's a good question i don't know like i guess what's, i was gonna say I ga- sorry um, like how much health are you getting back let me let me check uh is it like 30 percent? i thought it was 25 or 30 probably something like that let's see uh 25 health and mana okay okay you actually get run- refunded mana as well. Yep. That's kind of cool. Um, I don't know what the scale would be. It's weird because I don't think it could ever be an item that you're just like, oh, let's buy this every single game because it's it's just like, unless it was like, I don't know, you're resing every three minutes. But right. it doesn't make you do more damage and mages, like, you know, usually a mage's job is to just do tons of damage. Yep. So mm-hmm. it might be more valuable to just do more damage with your initial abilities than survive a little bit longer in a fight. You know what I mean? Yep. So... I don't know if there's ever. I don't know if there's like a, a scale for it that would be great, but um, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a, that's a tough question. I would I would probably say six minutes might be actually a pretty good spot for it, because then because then it might um be in that like a spot where you can use your relics and in the fight, and then maybe if you fight right after, you'll have that up instead, mm. and it might help you out a little bit. Yep. Um, but I, I don't know. The, the problem with the item is that if you just get rezzed in the middle of a fight. And you respawn really fast. Like it's only like a one and a half second until you respawn. One point seven five. One point seven five. Like that's not. I mean, that's not that slow, but it's also not that fast. I, I feel like you're just gonna respawn, get killed pretty quickly. If it took like five seconds for you to respawn, and then the tanks are like, okay, we can't really focus this guy. Like we're not mm-hmm. just gonna sit here while we're getting hit by everybody else. Right. Then I think it would make the item a little bit more viable. Maybe even OP. But yeah. Um, I will say that I'm curious. I think at six minutes, it's worth experimenting with characters like Morrigan, where you can get value out of going into the back line as a mage, suiciding for your damage, and then coming back and you still would have some sort of uh, utility to provide and like damage that you could you could pump out. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's always going to be high risk, high reward because the stats are horrible. Um, but getting an extra rotation of damage out would be really strong. This is going to win. I really hope, I hope this prediction is correct, but I think alternate timeline is going to win an SPL game for a team at some point, And that's going to be awesome. <laughs> I think that would be sick. And it's going to be really not sick for the players on the other team. Cause they are going to baby rage about it for sure. <laughs> Stupid alternate timeline. We killed them once. We had to kill them again. Like all that kind of nonsense. I, I I hope it's good enough to, to win a team a game because I think it would be cool. Uh, Imagine a meta where 
it's just like bought every game so you just like start picking characters to counter like you pick scylla yeah. and you're like all right hold your hold your scylla until he reses then you're gonna get the reset yep your rod of tahiti it's just a buff to rod of tahiti honestly because he's gonna be 25 percent out but that's too easy for rod and it needs the buff to be clear rod sucks. <laughs> yeah it does yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right uh we have to run it before we get into the gods we're kind of running out of time so we're gonna here's what we're gonna do we're gonna run a quick ad uh with my amazing technical skills as always then we're gonna come back we're gonna rush through all the gods and then we're going to get out of here so we can uh, go do, go about our lives. Um, all right. We'll be right back here on the show. Bang. Look at this ad work. Join Ignition oh. Casino, your go-to destination for the best online poker, table games, progressive slots, and much more. Sign up with the promo code Ignition777 and deposit using Bitcoin to get 25 free spins on 777 Deluxe. Bang. That's how we do it. Uh, nice and ugly, because that's how we do it. Um, <coughs> all right, so let's get into the gods. Uh, we're going to kind of rapid fire these. Achilles, pretty good buff. buff. Lost a second of cooldown on his one and decreased the bonus damage taken on his ult from 10% to 5%. Where does this put him in the, in the soul lane meta hierarchy here? Fine. Uh, I'd say he's just like an A-tier god. Probably keeps, he's still probably around A-tier. Kind of mm-hmm. feel like he's... Not useless late game because he has an execute, but I don't know. I feel like there's so many other characters that just do a whole lot more at being annoying to their backline. Yeah, but how many other characters let you be on every highlight reel forever for rotating mid and getting a quadra <laughs> execute? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, maybe he's SS. <laughs> uh, Bacchus, big chug buffs, decrease mana cost from 40 to 20 at all ranks, decrease uh, two seconds off the cooldown, 10 to 8, um, and then uh, increase base damage on the three, looks like by five per tick which ends up yep. being pretty impactful. Barra, you want to see some Bacchus alongside you in the duo lane? Uh, I th- already thought this guy was pretty good, just because I think Mirren's really good on Bacchus, and I think you can kind of one-shot people and play teamfights kind of interestingly. Yep. But I don't know for SPL if it's actually good enough. I feel like there's a lot of interrupts in the game and a lot of gods that just kill Bacchus, and flopping in is always scary unless it's like a free flop. Yep. I think it's he's all right but i don't think it's really changes too too much uh i'm gonna follow up with what barra said with one uh, one word why i don't think bacchus is gonna be meta and that's ansile thanks for coming to my ted talk uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> just ruins that character boomba's bacchus though True. that's oh no, that's boomba's bacchus could be the truth that's yeah, a nightmare there you go uh yorm increased the duration of the empowered empowered attack speed buff to, from one second to 1.5 seconds per stack on his two and reduce the cooldown uh, on his three was 16 flat. Now 16 scaling down to 12 as you level it. Same question from Achilles here. Uh, fine. Where does this leave you arm? I don't know. That's, that's a really good question. He kind of in a similar spot as Achilles where he, it feels kind of useless late game is uh, like, it's feel, it's kind of hard to hit your alts. And if you're not hitting your alts, you're pretty much not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the fact that that's a four second reduction on his three, maybe you can just be a little bit more annoying in the team fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially because a lot of times you don't even build CDR in this character, so. Do you well, think unless you're Nico with... and you're building Chronos Pendant. True. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you think with the lower cooldown, you turn into more of like a setup god than like a, I would say like an assassin? Because I feel like the one time Zorm was really good was when he was like, the Void Stone was like flat pin and you could build like all those cool flat pin items that one shot squishies. Yeah. Do you think he could be more of a tank, tank character now uh... or... Yeah, maybe. The, the only problem is that it, the, his other two abilities aren't really good as tank abilities. True. Like his two, you can just interrupt a ton. You can just walk out of it a lot of the time. And his mm-hmm. one is just like a it's like a measly slow. And if you're not building damage, it really doesn't do a whole lot. 
Um, so that's the only issue I'd say. Maybe you can go more bruiser and maybe go something like alternate timeline on him so you get your three back up oh. after you die. Oh, Ooh. interesting. Yeah, six minutes, baby. <laughs> there we go. Working now. Let's go. It all comes together. Alternate timeline, Yorm, <laughs> coming to a Soul Lane YouTube video near you. Um, Merlin on Dragonfire. Uh, it, the changes overall lost some decreased max stacks on the Dragonfire protection reduction, increased it per stack. It uh, it's ends up being four percent at all ranks per tick. Overall, this just makes the the Dragonfire damage on gods a whole lot more effective. I know everyone was probably freaking out. I want to remind everybody that Dragonfire Prot Shred no longer works on objectives at all. It is only on gods. And this item or this ability sucks doing damage to gods as is. Personally, I think it's fine. Like it was, was gonna... three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen percent. Now it's sixteen percent at max tax all the time. But you're not getting max tax that often, anyways. I was gonna ask you, like, do people? How much are people actually going into fire stance nowadays? Because I know a lot of people were just like ice and void back in the yeah, day. Yeah, more than now... more than it used to be. The the okay. flamethrower damage is actually pretty good now. Um, mm-hmm. but the vast majority of the time you're better off in ice or void. Okay. I would say if you're going to like with Athena being in meta, like if you get to Athena taunt someone into a dragon fire and be able to get like four stacks of this, it's your, definitely your best option, but you're just so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Whenever you're doing it, uh, Neath spirit arrow cooldown reduction was 15 seconds flat. Now 15 scaling down to 13 as you max it. Barra, does this make Neath better? I, think she's only good if you're playing a comp that like relies on her ult yep like if you're playing to pick people around the map then probably neath's good but i think a lot of the adcs that are meta right now kill neath very easily and 1v1s anyways so if you're playing neath you're kind of just like hoping your ult gets you a lot of value and hopefully people can come over and defend your purples i mean it's it's cool and neath one is really good in team fights but I don't know if this will actually bring Neath in a meta. I'm sure that you're looking forward to getting Neath ulted more in, in solo lane fine if she, <laughs> if she does become meta. I, that has to be one of those characters that, like, if I'm a solo laner, I hate. I would hate when Alquang is meta. I would hate when Neath is meta, like these gods that can... Sirket. Sirket, right, like free ganks Athena. over there. <laughs> Unlucky, that's I, the last one. I think, I think his character is actually kind of underrated. Uh, yeah. I, I think that she's seen... She's kind of like Chalk, where she's just... Over the years, seen so many different like small buffs, small buffs, small buffs, and then like I think there might be a tipping point. Maybe it's already happened where people start to play her a lot, and then they realize like all those things that they change over the years makes her actually a pretty good character. Mm-hmm. I will say though, I, I mean, I do agree with Bear. Like she obviously has some downsides, especially in ADC, but maybe more so in mid is where she might be underrated. Oh, yeah, true. Agreed. Yeah. I, th- I thought Neathman was always like pretty good, especially right now. I think she's pretty yeah. good, especially with the bluestone buffs. I agree. Um, by the way, I call that the Guan Yu effect. Guan got like seven buffs in a row, and then it was like, holy God, <laughs> what have we created? Like, this <laughs> god is just absurd. Uh, yeah. He got so many buffs in a row. Um, Olorun increased base power from 38 to 40 and increased the critical strike damage on his passive from 50 to 55. I know you're an Olorun main, Barry. How to, are you feeling good about this one? That character literally sucks. I'm lucky. that character is literally dog water like you cannot do anything like like, a fish yeah you (laughs) live by spectral and counter a magical character well i mean it's physical protection you know you're feeling good right yeah that's great 
So it's yeah. the meta as well, though, right? Like if mm-hmm. if characters like Sobek and Jing Ten weren't so good, and instead it was like Sylvanas was a top pick, or like I don't know yeah. characters like that that just yeah did just get completely owned by the ult, he'd be a lot better. Yeah, but you just you just pick the croc, or you, and you just you just run at him. You just get to do it all the time. Uh, yeah. So Ket, this is one of my favorite changes in the patch. Uh, change on the catalyst passive stacks will only be consumed in extra damage dealt. If Sir Ket successfully damaged the god, so if it gets eaten by an upgraded shell or an Aegis, uh, that is a ton of her damage overall, and I think it's going to feel a lot better to, to play Sir Ket. And then Last Breath increased power scaling from 55% to 70%. I think Sir Ket was in the running for worst gods in the game on Season 8 release. Like She just felt really <laughs> underwhelming to me. Um, I think these buffs are pretty big, though. I expect I, I think that these, these might be enough to have her see... Uh, some high level play. Do you you guys think the same? I hate playing against that character. Yeah, yeah. So I, too. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all side lanes do side lanes do, and I mean I kind of agree. Bas- basically, just like her kit aggro maybe was one of the worst. But now that people are building like hand silent shifters, like yep. that's the bread and butter of her cat yep. builds, honestly. Yep. And I think might have to be a little bit careful. We'll see. It's like similar to Terra. You know how like if you tear ult somebody in the Aegis, like the damage it. You can't Aegis it. Like, right. yep. It just waits to pop until you actually are going to be hit by it. So, yep. like, if Terra had that where you could just Aegis it, she might be a bad character. Oh, so, you, yeah. I guess we could kind of see um, where this will take her. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you were mentioning Sylvanas earlier on. He's in the patch notes here getting buffed. Increased close <laughs> attack damage from 35 to 38. <laughs> what is that buff? Uh-oh, Alderaan's back in the meta. <laughs> yeah, no. Alderaan number one. 15% <laughs> scaling on Verdant Growth. The mannequin <laughs> Sylvanas that absolutely ruined my early Season 8 experiences because they were oh on my team and it was horrible. What are these buffs? I mean, surely Sylvanas solo is going to be coming out soon here. Fine. Do, do you, Agra, I, I don't know if you're casting that game, but do you remember when we played Dig? It was season six. It was the very first land game of the whole season. Mm-hmm. And it went to game five. It was our sixth set. Mm-hmm. And game four, for some reason, Variety played Sylvanas yep. solo, and I played Gev solo. Yep, I do remember It was that. like we're playing like Kama Arthur. We're playing like Achilles versus <laughs> Arthur. And then all of a sudden, game four, Sylvanas versus Gev. <laughs> you were just like, yeah, who cares? So we're, we're over it. I do remember yeah. that because I remember saying that Variety was on a team with Nate, with Ataraxia, whenever Ataraxia yeah, had his solo it, stint. Yeah. And, and Nate loved playing Sylvanas solo because he always said that Sylvanas had more scaling than Poseidon, that like his ult scaled harder than Kraken, which is numerically yeah. true and also not true in practice but at all. But it's a dot. Right. It's, it's a, a dot. Dots right. are always worse than first exactly, damage. Exactly. Uh, so I, I I don't know this Sylvanas buff does not it feels like a a small nod towards the Sylvanas mains and a in a good luck because it's a, yeah I, can't I don't imagine understand this. this I mean the increased basic attack damage by three remember it's AOE so it does like it is yeah <laughs> what. <laughs> Remember it's AOE. Oh, I thought I thought <laughs> Bear being sarcastic. I thought he was like. Well, I know. <laughs> I didn't think Bear had any acting chops. Apparently, he has a little yeah. bit. I just thought he was a stupid ADC. That's all. That's all there no, is. Keep in, mind, keep in mind, he can take purple buff as well. So it's not true. only is it increased three, but it's increased three per whatever amount of seconds purple Bear, buff gives who, you. Who do you play week one in SPL? Uh, Sanguine. Wait, Sanguine. The Leviathans, you mean? Leviathans. Man, I hope wrong. You pick Sylvanas, picks up purple, and absolutely rams it down your yeah. throat. <laughs> also, this patch comes out like three days before we play. Yep. So that's just fun. unlucky, you know. <laughs> Should be fun. 
Uh, Tiamat, a whole a whole lot of nerfs. I don't feel like reading all these, to be honest with you. But uh, a nerf on her passive, she's less tanky. Uh, a nerf on her serpents, they push worse. A small buff on Summon Storm, because that wasn't feeling particularly impactful. Uh, overall, Tiamat feels after this round of balance changes. I Fine, I've seen you playing her a lot. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a big gripe with this change, because <laughs> I think that she is really, really good in mid. Mm -hmm. But just like a okay solo laner, maybe not even okay, maybe even like mm -hmm. less viable. Yep. And this basically removes all of her potential in solo lane because you have to build up to 600 ma magical power to get all of her mitigation. Yep. And that's not something you can really do as a solo laner unless you're trolling your team or maybe you have a frontliner somewhere else like in jungle. Yep. So it kind of hurts her solo lane potential a lot. And I think it just kind of removes a little bit of variety of the from the character. Mm. Um, and I think what they personally could have done was just made it scale off levels so that early game you're not as you know you don't get as much mitigation but late game you still get similar mitigation and it doesn't really hurt your the way you have to build her mm. you know what i mean yeah so yeah that's interesting that's barry uh you think tiamat good not overrated what honestly from ranked and everything else she's kind of been across the board for me like sometimes she pops off and she's absolutely insane then other times i'm like this character is like not doing anything like yep actually useless and i can't really tell exactly what scenarios those are it's just like some games i'm like oh i'm getting one tapped and she's unkillable in other games i don't even see her in a team fight like where'd she go right um i think this might push her out from competitive we'll hmm. see but i mean split pushing is obviously always good and being able to force things around the map is always good yep um yeah i this is weird i think it might have jumped the gun a little bit, but yeah. Can we agree, uh, by the way? I know I got into it on Twitter with Wilfie, um, but <laughs> he said that TMI was the best god ever released in Smite's history. We can all agree that that's a preposterous take, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's incorrect. Ridiculous. Thank you. Okay. I got I, my blood pressure rose instantly thinking about it. Woosa, um, <laughs> woosa. <laughs> finally, last but not least, Jean Kui. Actually, gets a pretty significant buff here. Increase mm -hmm. the magical power scaling per tick on Exposed Evil. That's his one from 15% to 20%. That nets him on that ability. It was 75% of your magical power. Now it's 100% of your magical power. This ability, when John Kui was being played by filthy degenerates like John Salter in the duo lane just hey, a, that was not a that map. long ago, it was because I think a big reason of it was because Exposed Evil was really strong. Then it was that mm -hmm. it's, it was always on, off cooldown. But now the damage going back on it, I think Zhang is already kind of underrated. I think he might be legitimately good with this change. Fine, you're not. character is just bad. Oh, sorry. No, you, don't, you <laughs> think he's bad? Dude, yeah, you just sunder him. And then what? What do you mean? Uh, it's so easy to get sunder on so many characters now. That's true, but I think that's all. I mean, you've always been able to do that, Zhang. Just kill him. LOL, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to, to be fair, like it depends on how much damage he does. Like if he can do a bunch of damage to all five people while being killed, like a lot of times that'll instantly win you the fight. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I think this is a big buff. And I was I was nodding Agro because I was gonna say I think he's probably one of the most underrated characters yeah. right now, um, especially in my role. Like I don't know. You said Barrett, but I'm pretty sure the reason Barrett played Jong is because I started playing it in solo and I was building like Pythags, Binding. And then I think the first person to do it was Funball. Yep. He started playing it in duo. Yep. And then people were like, oh my God, this is so annoying in OP. And then they nerfed him and nerfed the items and stuff like that. Yep. But 
uh i love this character so every chance that i can to maybe bring it back to the meta i'll try so maybe maybe you'll see it okay yeah, i love this character as well but i think you just die <laughs> yeah, alternate timeline. Alternate timeline. Alternate timeline, baby. Oh, Wait, will the ghosts yeah. still go out while you're timelined? They might. No way. No way. No shot. No, no. there's no way. No. <laughs> Some testing so to insane. be done. Some te- that would be good. That'd be sick. I wouldn't even be mad about that interaction. It would probably need to get nerfed, but I wouldn't be mad about it. Like just buy them Persephone. So you kill her, and then you kill her, and then she still plays the game. There you go. That's all you got to do. Nice and easy. Um, all right, time for a random question. And oh no, I didn't think of one. Um, Barra messaged me a question about Ice Age. I haven't seen Ice Age in too long. Don't want to talk about it. So instead, I'm just going to bring <laughs> it up awkwardly and then move on. Oh, okay. Uh, that's fine. That's Barra, how come you never think of these questions? How come it's always on <laughs> me? not my job. Hello? <laughs> what do you mean? What you're, do you mean? You're a Why co-host of the I... podcast, right? You literally come to every episode like, oh my gosh, I have the best question today. And you just hold it for 50 minutes. What do you mean? I say that never. I always go, oh, crap, I didn't think of anything. And, I'm, and I try to think yeah, of something on the spot. Except for the few episodes you're like, oh, I actually thought of a That's true. That's a, that's a, okay, today. how about this? Um, I'm hungry what? for some pizza. And that's usually how I think of these questions, what I'm hungry for. I haven't had pizza in a while. <laughs> Describe your your optimal pizza toppings what do you like on what do you like on your pizza and also i mean bear is not going to think about any of this but for fine who might be a little bit smarter what? like <laughs> what, what kind of crust yeah, are we looking yeah, yeah what what kind of crust are we talking about you like it thin crust a little bit thicker you know describe the the type of cheese or sauce anything's in bounds here describe your perfect pizza oh my goodness okay my perfect pizza i mean i don't know if i have a, a really one above all like perfect pizza i like a few buffalo okay. chicken pizza buffalo chicken ranch pizza yep that's amazing yeah maybe throw a little bit of arugula, arugula on there Ooh. maybe oh. and Ooh. uh fancy eh, yeah yeah okay. that, just a little bit of greens you know to make it a little bit healthy yeah. <laughs> um, no but that, that's that's probably one of my go-to's and just like a just a standard pepperoni just like a, a standard pepperoni like new york style pizza mm. um just greasy as hell like literally nice and dripping. thin yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Nice and thin. Um, that too. Okay. Um, as far as deep dish goes, or just like those really thick pizzas, I have a quick story to tell before we leave. Please do. I, I <laughs> when my dad, my dad had this apartment um, when we were younger, and me and my me and my brothers were there one time, and we all got a stomach bug, mm. but we got one of those DiGiorno deep dish pizzas, literally the ones where you like could take a spoon and just like eat it like soup. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yep. And we all got a stomach bug one time. I, th- I think I threw up like 13 times over the course of like three oh, days. Holy God. And every time that I think of deep dish pizza now, it just brings me, it just brings me uh, back to that time. So it's one oh, of those situations where it's like. I have a story like, like that. It's everyone hard wants for to hear me about to eat us it, puking. So. Yeah, everyone wants to hear about us puking. <laughs> Whenever I was younger, do you guys remember those high C's? First of all, high C banging all the time. But do you remember the Ghostbuster high C's that were like green like neon green they were like oh, plasma no. green yeah, yeah yeah i i drank a bunch of those and ate a bunch of hot dogs and then got sick oh God. and that I, a bunch and, of glizzies yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was rough out there that was uh yeah ecto cooler that's it falcon xerxes in the chat thank you good call um all right barra go ahead with your pizza and i and if i may uh make a prediction here um uh, i don't know i just say i want pepperoni <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just say I want pepperoni. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, funnily enough, me and Destiny actually 
kind of went vegan this week. Oh. So. Like permanently say, or just for this week? Well, we're trying it out. We're going to try to get more like vegetable, like vegan meals in our diet. Okay. Because we watched a few documentaries this week because oh, I got my vaccine. Oh, did you watch that one about fishing? Like there was some, something about an ocean one. Uh I saw. I, I heard about it on a podcast, not this podcast, but a different podcast. So don't listen to any other podcasts. Don't don't listen to any other podcasts. Um, but anyways, no. If it wasn't that, that's fine. Seaspiracy. That's it. Yes, chat spamming it. Seaspiracy. Zach Braff was talking about it on the Scrubs podcast, which is actually phenomenal. If you're going to listen to another podcast, that one is acceptable. It has to be that one. That's I, I listened to a couple of them when I was driving the U-Haul down to or yep. up to Georgia. Yep. Yeah, they're really they're really good. Okay, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Barris. Continue your oh. your vegan options. So I assume just like a lot of vegetables. I'm a big fan of bell peppers right now. Um, broccoli is actually pretty good on pizza as long yep. as it's cooked well. Mushrooms are really good as well. Yep. I like. I'm kind of on the fence on onions, but I'm kind of more I like them than dislike them. Good take. Um, and sun-dried tomatoes. Yeah. Oh. Bear, oh, those. Oh, so good. There, yeah. First of all, you have to know that you're going to have to get some fake cheese, of course, for your pizza to be vegan. Yep. But even if you're a vegetarian, let me tell you this. White sauce. Let me, this is my favorite vegetarian pizza. I worked in my uncle's pizza shop. And we had like a million of these. White mm-hmm. sauce. Mozzarella, pro, mozzarella provolone mix cheese, then spinach, sun-dried tomato, onion, and feta cheese. Bang. Mm. That sounds good. That sounds pretty good. Bang I mean, I can't pizza. eat cheese, but I mean, right. if there was vegan feta cheese, yeah. I would eat No, it's, it's banging. That's, that's uh, really good. I thought a couple anchovies. I actually really like anchovies on pizza. Really? Or just anchovies in general. I do and, and, um... If you've ever had, if you've ever been to like Italian restaurant and gotten like the four cheese pizza where it's like, I don't remember exactly what cheeses they have, but it's just super cheesy. Yeah. It'll normally like be, me. if I had to guess, it would be mozzarella, pecorino, uh, ricotta, and pro- Yeah, ricotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ricotta is delicious. Ricotta. Yeah, ricotta yeah. is delicious. I love it. Um, all right. I have a million different favorite pizzas, but if I, I will say that if I'm trying a pizza place and I want to verify how good it is, um, and I just want something basic. I'm a big fan of pepperoni and green pepper. That's my favorite, like, baseline pizza. Here's another th- Here's another pizza opinion for you. If you have sausage on your pizza, don't give me the, like, slices of sausage, okay? Those are bad. Oh, yeah. I want yeah. the little crumblies. That's, that's <laughs> a, the, the little crumblies for sausage, delicious. They get crispy. They taste yep. great. The, the, no one wants the circles at all. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, get them out of here. Bacon on pizza is good. Bacon pineapple pizzas, delicious. Ham bacon pineapple pizzas, also delicious. If you're going to have pineapple on your pizza, it needs to be paired with a fatty pork because that's what gives it the true sweet and salty combination. Mm-hmm. Um, cheese with pineapple, miss me. If you're adding bacon or ham, I'm in. What, that's that's the big thing that everyone wants, wants to know, though. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay for you two? Uh... I mean, I'll eat it if it's in front of me, but I'll probably never order it. Yep. Sometimes I get in the I'm, mood for a Hawaiian pizza. I'm kind of the same. I love pineapple. Pineapple is one of my favorite fruit. And although how it does do horrible things to my mouth, it gives me so many ulcers. But um, I love pineapple and I don't personally eat it on my pizza, but I would eat it if it was in front of me. But I will say that the people that are like 
uh, just religiously against pineapple on pizza are a little bit crazy because throughout the in- entire culinary industry, people combine sweet and salty like with literally everything. So. All the time. I know. It's ridiculous. So just get off your high horses. Seriously. Enjoy some Hawaiian pizza, man. That's what that's what you got to do. Uh, thanks for everybody for, for watching and listening. Define, thanks for coming on. If you guys want to see, of course, the best soul and content out there, twitch.tv slash fine okay. <laughs> Or on YouTube, he's posting YouTube videos all the time. He's got montages, all the kind of good stuff. Uh, reminder that we just released our merchandise. So that's sector6apparel.com slash collections slash backliners. But the, it should be in the descriptions of this video and, and on the podcast and all that kind of stuff. And make sure you're checking out all of the other prediction stuff as well. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching slash listening. And we'll see you next week. Barra, do the thing. Bye. Also, buy Bolt's in-game stuff and Jade Dragon's in-game stuff. Thanks. Bye. Love you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.